0: DJ PK it's 975 at 1280 the Zone. We are joined now by Blake Anderson. He's the new head football coach at Utah State. Coach, good morning. Good morning. You have uh you've come in at a curious time in the history of Utah State and there are Aggie fans right now. There's much crying and gnashing of teeth that uh, this uh, investigation with the president is going to make it really hard on this new coach, and we're down. And they, They've got scars from the way the 70s, 80s, and 90s went, and you can probably look it up in a media guide for yourself. Those were bad decades. But they've emerged from that, and you are talking to two guys who have the opinion that the program's in a much different place and that – Whatever this investigation turns up, football players don't interact with the university presidents very much. What their coaches are like is more important. Can you get that message across and uh, let Aggie fans know there's hope?
1: yeah i would I would tell you, obviously you know I think people will do a great job on that and be thorough and I've had limited limited uh, opportunities to get to know uh, the president, but you know what, what little bit I've been around her, I was you know really encouraged with her. Uh, just her I don't know, the way she cares about the, the, the students and so uh that you know, that's gonna be its own deal. You know, I, I do agree with you. What happens in our building and, and the culture that we create inside of the locker room and the weight room and out on the field tends to be, you know, ninety nine percent of what our players are gonna are gonna, you know, experience every day. They just don't don't run into administrators a whole lot, really don't have a lot of uh, a lot of interaction with them typically at a university this size and so I've been really encouraged, even in the midst of all that, and obviously we're trying to listen and see where we can, you know, affect change in, in a, in a, in a really immediately if we possibly can and, and make sure that, that whatever issues they had don't get repeated. Um, you know, I, I've been really encouraged with just the response from the guys. I mean, they've been really close. This wasn't your problem. We're excited you're here. We're ready to move forward. Uh, we want, you know, we want people to listen so we don't, we don't have the same issues again and that we can move past it. but I think they've been extremely positive about the possibility of doing that, and I think they've been very pleased with the approach we've taken in terms of how I'm putting together the staff as well. Diversity and inclusion and equality really is a big, big factor in that, and I think they see the efforts there, which will help.
2: So, I want you to remember, Coach, our show is named DJ and PK, and I'm PK. Here it comes. Here it comes. You need to remember this. There's only one guy in the entire state of Utah, from the media perspective, who's not only been to Jonesboro once, has been to Jonesboro many, many times, and that's me. You're not going to believe this, Coach, but my wife's grandmother lived, she's deceased now. But lived in Jonesboro, so I have made that seventy-mile drive from the Memphis airport to Jonesboro many, many times. So we're we're practically brothers, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. That scenic, that beautiful scenic trip
1: <laughs> from Memphis airport to Jonesboro, Arkansas. You've uh, you've done that a few times
2: yes i have i've actually been to the campus i've been to basketball games i've been to baseball games for no other reason that i was bored stiff when i was in jonesboro so (laughs) i would go over to asu and it always would make me laugh we did i think it was was it the jonesboro sun was the newspaper i can't remember probably uh, yeah. yeah i would read the newspaper and the headlines would say asu I'm a graduate of Arizona State, and I kept thinking, wait a second, that's not ASU. But nevertheless, (laughs) it became my second ASU. So sort of, I don't know if it's ironic or what have you, but because I had that very loose connection, I've actually followed the program (laughs) in Jonesboro. So I'm familiar with what you've done, and I'm I'm familiar with the community because I was there 20 times. Uh, The last time I was there was when she died. I served as a pallbearer. So I know a little bit about it. I know how how pretty much how tough it is to build a program there and i look at logan and i see wow compared i would i'm probably biased but i think logan has more advantages when you looked at the utah state job is that the way you viewed it now we know we had the situation with your wife and and no deep condolences there and you were talking about how uh i read some stuff you know just Maybe you needed to change because things were there that reminded you of her or whatever, and obviously it's a personal decision. But what allowed you to think that, okay, Logan is where I need to be?
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons, to be honest with you. And, and, and I did feel like a fresh start was was definitely it was time. My kids felt the same way. The people there have been amazing, by the way. Getting us through the last three years has been uh, has been tough. But but just, you, you know, I mean, the community is unreal. Just great, great. Uh, down to heart, down to earth people, and so they they did an amazing job, just kind of lifting us up. But I, I just felt like it was time for a fresh start. But I would have never left for a job that I didn't think had all all the things you needed to be successful. I mean, you 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 can't just go take a bad job just because you're frustrated with with a city, you know, and and the the images that you see on a daily basis. I thought this was a great job. Now Matt Wells is one of my closest friends and, and colleagues and. and in the profession, we've known each other for 15, 20 years now. He loved it here. I know he played here, but he loved it here. It was obviously successful. Loved working for John, which was huge. I wanted to work for the right guy. But I just, I felt like, you know, my time in the Mountain West of New Mexico, I felt like I had a good feel for the league. I know it's changed a little, but a good feel for the league. Uh, you look at the dynamic of the state of Utah, there's around 25 to 30 Division One players a year in the state. You can probably cut that number by you know I don't know three three quarters of that just doesn't happen in the state of Arkansas. We got two to three players a year in the state of Arkansas. I had to go in everybody else's backyard. So the ability to start at home and build your roster at home, and even knowing you got to get into California and down into Vegas and Arizona and, and Idaho, we'll get into Texas as well. I just felt like college football starts with recruiting and recruiting base. Uh, and if you don't have a recruiting base, you're going to really, really struggle. So that's where it started, working for good people and the past success and tradition, and then just a great place to live. I come to Park City every couple years. We come up here and snowboard and ski with my kids. We've loved it up here. Uh, You've seen Jonesboro. You've seen Logan. You know the difference between those two in terms of just a place to live. So a lot of things excited me about it, but at the heart of it as a coach, the ability that I think to win this league and be as good as anybody else in the league, to me that was, all right, got to go do this. Cannot pass on this opportunity. Couldn't wait to get it.
0: Blake Anderson joining us. He's a new football coach at Utah State. Uh, the win-loss record, you know, everybody's judged by wins and losses, and obviously this has been a horrible year for the Aggies. But when you watch video... How much talent is there? How much is this as a talent issue? How much was it just a talent issue with a couple of key position groups? How much of this was, uh, you know, there were a lot of distractions, and then that starts to tear down the effort and energy, and that's where the problem is? Uh, what's your assessment as you, as you watch some video?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of factors involved. Obviously, it's hard to know exactly what, what kind of factor COVID played in all this. You know, we, we got just absolutely hammered. There at Arkansas State, after a big win over K State, over the next month, COVID just dissembled our entire football program, and, and we limped to the finish line. And we're seeing that more and more across the country, people getting here later, hit later here in the in the year, games canceled, and people not being able to play. I, I don't know exactly what factor that may have played. Obviously, uh, with with Gary stepping away after week three, that the you know the emotional aspect of that, what you see on film. Is you see spurts and, and signs of some dynamic guys. There's speed, uh, one of the best return guys in the country. Uh, a a wideout that could, you know, absolutely fly at a couple of positions. Big built front on the old line, which is where it starts. If you don't have an old line, you're gonna struggle. A young quarterback that's got arm talent. Just I think the system that we run will fit. Um, you know, I, you see signs that that yeah, it would not take a whole lot for us to kind of move this thing in the right direction and and be good pretty quickly. Now, without going through spring ball, you know, I I don't know that you absolutely know, but, but I think there's a lot of dynamics. That's a lot for a group COVID, the situation with Gary, uh, you know, you you don't know exactly about depth, some people stepping away and and opting out. It it just, uh, it's hard to know exactly what the biggest factor was. And we're just going to kind of take the approach that, uh, you know, all that's kind of in the past. Step forward, day one on January nineteenth, and start figuring this team out. But I do think there's good bones in the building to work on, and it starts up front on both sides.
2: So one of the things that there's a line of thinking in that with this, you know, Logan's a smaller town, obviously and Utah is is uh, we're sort of a small state, even even though it's growing. And the idea line of thinking is get one of your own. And Gary Anderson, when he got there, he wasn't Utah State's own, but he clearly was the state of Utah's own, and he'd worked at two other institutions, and so he had all sorts of contacts. Matt Wells, when he was elevated after Gary left to go to Wisconsin, he was one of their own. He obviously played there, but he'd been there. So my point being, how are you going to be able to establish contacts with all these high school coaches to make sure you're getting your fair share of those 30 whatever it might be. Be Division one prospects that we have in this state?
1: Well, several different ways. Number one, just reaching out to them and, and, and just getting to know them. Uh, you know, I'm from Texas, but I've rec- I've coached in seven, eight different states now, and, and we've been able to recruit in every one of those. I think part of it is just doing the work, getting on the phone, going by and seeing them, opening the doors where when COVID's not an issue, guys can come in and out anytime they want to. I mean, we will have an open-door policy. We'll talk ball with any coach that wants to come in and talk ball, uh till you know till till the middle of the night i mean that's just it's going to be a very open door policy type approach but then we're going to have guys on our staff too that are utah state and utah guys and i haven't been able to announce them quite yet because some of the paperwork's still processing but you'll see three or four guys on the staff now chucky e. keaton's already in the house and everybody knows him he's not from utah but he's he's used up utah state hands down but there will be several others that will be on the staff when the more able to uh, kind of announce them, and so there'll be there'll be a local flavor and a Utah State Utah flavor to our staff as well. And, and every hire has been made strategically with the areas that we recruit, with ties to the area that we recruit, and then just to the region itself and the culture itself. And, and uh, you, you've got a Mormon influence, you've got a Polynesian influence, you've got Utah itself, you've got the California. Uh, West Coast flavor, we got to get into Texas. And as you see our staff roll out, there will be guys that have have connections and relationships in all of those areas.
0: So there are always – every school has a couple of teams that they've got to beat, and Utah and Utah State used to play all the time, and now they don't. But Utah State still plays BYU. That's a big game. Boise State – has uh, has gone has been a problem for everybody in the state. The fact that BYU's beaten them the last two years is kind of a big deal. What do the Broncos have that the rest of the league doesn't have? What has to be done to run those guys down? Because if you run those guys down, whatever else happens, you must be in a good place.
1: Yeah, if you beat those guys, you've done something well. Uh, obviously, Harsin doing a good job, and, and I think they really, really did a great job uh, about a five-year stretch, and, and actually I remember playing them when I was on staff at the University of New Mexico. They were, they were really starting to roll at that point. They've, you know, they've gotten themselves a national name. They can kind of recruit uh, really anywhere in the country with, with what they did. I think the game that, that just put them on the map, maybe in the biggest way was the big win against OU with the, with the uh, Statue of Liberty play, the whole works. I mean, It just seems like from that point on they have been able to go in places and recruit against pretty much anybody. So we got our work cut out for us but uh, the way you beat them is you, you you just honestly you work your tail off in the off season you out execute them I mean anybody can win on a Saturday we're we're not going to be afraid of anybody I'm look forward to the opportunity to go head to head with them and, uh, and and get that done I mean I don't know I don't know how long I told guys we got to be patient with us as we build the roster but but that's the that's the standard we want to win it and we know it's going to have to we got to beat those guys head to head to get it done and to be honest with you, there's other teams in the league doing a great job, too. I mean, you look at what San Jose State's done uh, this year and, and to be able to go undefeated. Uh, Fresno, we've seen them do the same thing So at, at times. So we, uh, we can't just be worried about Boise, but I do agree with you. That is, they kind of set the standard in the league, and if you want to be the king, you've got to beat the king.
2: Some of the greatest people you'll meet while you're here in this state, and you probably already met them along the way anyway, is Polynesians. I mean, they are great people as a whole, very, very loyal people. We know Frank Miley has been up in Utah State for a good while. He's the center of the issue here. So the question for you is, I don't know if you have to do a, a makeup or what have you, but how are you going to be able to present yourself to be able to make sure that the Polynesians trust you? Because obviously that's a big recruiting base.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I've had a, I've had a ton of Polynesian guys play for me in the past, and their families is where it starts with them. They are so loyal to family, and they should be. But but really, just all I, all I know to do is be myself, man. I, I love the Lord. I'm a Christian before I'm anything else. Family's huge to me. Never more important than it is right now. Having lost my wife and my father both uh, recently, and so it's just me and my kids. And so I, I get it. Uh, I you know had every intention honestly of of trying to retain Frank on staff before. This thing kind of got out of reach, and, uh, you know, we will we will definitely be respectful of what he's done here as a player and as a coach. I mean, nobody's going to get in here and beat him up. That's just not it. We're going to move forward and, and and really praise the strengths and traditions and past victories of this place, and he's a big, big part of that. But, you know, all I know to do is go into homes and be me, tell them who I am and how I'm going to run a program and, and and earn their trust, you know, kind of one day at a time. I think we'll get there, and I, I don't expect it to happen overnight. But this isn't us versus Frank. I mean, that, that's a different situation, and, and those are other issues that have absolutely nothing to do with me and my staff and this locker room and our team moving forward. Uh, you know, those things can handle themselves independently. We're just going to be us, create an unbelievable culture and environment for our kids to play in. We're going to be open to the community, coaches in the state, and we're going to make we're going to make the fan base proud. And, and so, I, I really hope that one has nothing to do with the other as we move forward because we had. Nothing to do with the issues of the past.
0: So you mentioned building a program. Obviously, uh, grad transfers became a big deal. Now it looks like it's opening up and everybody's predicting a free-for-all. How much are you into bringing in transfers? How much do you want to bring in 18-year-old freshmen and start from the ground up? What are your thoughts there?
1: I think we need to do a little bit of both. Uh, There's some key positions that that could use the influx of leadership and veteran guy. If it's the right guy, the premium is going to be on culture. If they fit the vision and the culture, I, I don't want to go out and bring in just a great athlete. That's that's you know a selfish me guy. I would only want to bring in veteran guys that I think would be great leaders and great additions to the locker room. Uh, we do want to balance that with some young talent that we can develop. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, ideally you want to build guys five years at a time. But with the opportunity to bring in a few veterans. And in a couple key positions, uh, I, I think you'll see a mixture of both as we move forward. But we don't have a lot of spots to give. We're really, really limited. We've had to try to maneuver what they've done in the past and where we kind of want to head in the future. So uh, this particular class and how we recruit between now and August, you know that we won't have a whole lot of action. It'll be we'll be building for next year's class more than anything because most of the recruiting numbers have already been exhausted if that makes sense with how they handled the recruiting numbers this
2: last year you talk about with your children uh maybe hopefully this isn't too personal but how how is your family handling it because wow you just look at the upheaval which is including the move from from jonesboro to logan i mean that alone is somewhat difficult for for children and then the, the the passings of your wife and your father well documented there how's all that working for you
1: yeah, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard, but we've we've luckily we've been together. Now my kids are grown, so uh, I mean we've we've been through a lot. They're all the two oldest ones are in college there at ASU. One's about to finish. The other one is probably halfway done. They're both in love and, and probably not moving too far away from there at least anytime soon. Although I'm still trying to recruit my oldest one to come out here and help us. He's he's been a uh, student assistant on our on our football team there the last year after finishing playing uh, a Division two ball down the road. My youngest one has already moved and is in Tulsa uh, doing school in Tulsa. So you know, it's really more now just kind of about taking the next step. They really encouraged me to to make this move. They they felt like you know I wasn't progressing, that I was I was struggling personally to move forward. Um, I'm dating somebody now, and she's got two little girls. I think probably going to be harder on her and them in terms of the move than it is mine, because really my my three are are pretty mobile and, and pretty much self-sufficient, uh, uh, at least, uh, well, not, not financially yet. I'm still bankrolling all three of those. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but just in terms of you know, what they want to do and moving on with their life, they're kind of at that point, so it comes at a good time for us.
0: Okay, so PK is the king of Jonesboro, and you can remember okay. that. But when you remember DJ, and, and many people tell you this, I'm all about the food, Coach. So There you go. your local tip... If you haven't been to Angie's yet, there's a long line of people in the program at Utah State. will take you down there and clean the sink. That's all I'm going to say. You got to go down there and clean the sink. Once you've done that, you know what we're talking about. That's the first step to being a local, right there. Gotcha. R- I appreciate it. A radio guy, Scott Gerard, tipped me off to it. Now I know. I, I literally see bumper stickers about that in Salt Lake. Angie's <laughs> clean the it. sink. I've I've well, pulled up to a, a light. show from there. We did. We came up and did a remote. A-
1: cinnamon roll over here the other day that looked like about the size of a football so i, I can't imagine what you can get if you actually go into play so it, it'll happen
0: there you go all right well we appreciate a few minutes thanks for coming on coach and we look forward to talking to you in the future and and seeing what the aggies do appreciate you guys thanks blake anderson new utah state football coach joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone